Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of We Talk Photo. I'm one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me as always is Mr. Jack Graham. How are you doing today, Jack? John, I'm doing good. It's awesome. It's windy. It's winter. It's winter, lots of drama in the sky, and lots of change happening. Uh, it's a good time to get out, huh? It is. Yeah, yeah, particularly. So maybe it may happen tomorrow afternoon if I can make that make that happen so ah, well good for you well today folks uh we have a wonderful guest with us today coming to us from the wintry environment of colorado we would like to welcome sarah marino to the show how you doing sarah i'm doing great thanks so much for having me good it's thanks for being sarah. here yeah it's yeah. our honor to have you here it's about time frankly <laughs> yeah 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 Jack invited this. me a long time ago, and I think I was a little slow to return the email and had a crazy schedule. And now I don't have anything on my schedule, so yeah, well, <laughs> this you, was easy. Know, we were both, we both, the three of us travel uh, up until the obvious. Yeah. Uh, traveled. Um, in fact, I, I look back. I took some time off this year, Sarah, and I look back, and I had, I had uh, 16 years of over 180 nights a year gone, and go from that to what it is now it's uh, kind of used to it now but it took a while yeah, yeah. big change yeah. big change well john why don't you uh why don't you kick it off sure. i know we, you know we go through the typical podcast stuff and we say well you know tell us about yourself well, you know that kind of baloney <laughs> but we're a lot more informal hopefully than some of the other podcasts yeah we there. are so, yeah, sir, not. you've been getting uh, you've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of good press this year. I think uh, making a lot of good waves with your imagery and your education. But what for those folks that have not been introduced to you before? Why don't you go ahead and give us a little overview of who you are? Sure. Well, my photography business, full time, I'll say officially started in January 2020, which is about the most fantastic timing you could have for such an endeavor. Yeah. Um, but I have been photographing for probably 10 or 11 years. And the way that I picked up a camera is pretty typical. Uh, I was working in a really, really intense job. I was working for a statewide nonprofit that uh, did capacity building, which essentially means management consulting for nonprofit organizations and foundations. And the leader at the time had mismanaged the organization and me and another staff member volunteered to take over as co-directors to see if we could turn around the organization. So I was working 70, 80, 90 hour weeks, mm. crazy intense work trying to save this organization. I had just finished graduate school, which I was doing full-time work and full-time school. So my life was pretty much all focused on a super, super stressful job. That was my entire identity. Uh, it was very unhealthy, but it was very fulfilling at the same time, but I needed an outlet. So I expanded my hiking endeavors. Uh, hiking and backpacking was something that I had come to enjoy as an adult, but I hadn't really spent that much time doing it. And then this situation in my life was just like, I need an outlet and nature, nature became the first outlet. And then nature photography became the core passion of my life I'd say pretty quickly like within a couple of months I went from just kind of randomly buying a nice camera to being obsessed with it and having it take over pretty much every moment of my spare time so uh, 
the and the main reason I think that photography really pulled me in is that I have such a busy mind and I am constantly problem solving and ruminating and, and just thinking about the 10,000 things that are going on in my life. And photography was really the first time in my life where I was able to have a meditative experience where I could slow down, be in the moment and not be thinking about the grant proposal that I had to write or the client report that I had to write or the household stuff I had to do with the future that I wanted to have for myself five or 10 years down the road. It was really the first time where such so just like these sand ripples on the ground have pulled me in and I am focused on them. I'm totally in the moment and it feels like this moment of joy that I have never experienced before. So I think that's the reason that I really got started. I think the reason I stick with it is that it's endlessly challenging. Uh, having everything come together in the way that I want it to and being able to create portfolios of places, like it just, it feels like there is so much left to do where I've really never felt that with any other endeavor I've had. I've gotten bored very, very easily. So from nonprofit management and nonprofit consulting, which was my former business, to full-time photography, like I have the business skills and the understanding of how to uh, run a small business, how to do planning and run a business, do marketing. So I, ha I think I had a, a good like head start with my photography business, but this was also pretty much the worst possible time to start. So I've just been spending this last year adapting and really trying to figure out how I can create a of full-time career in photography that really is built around integrity and that feels mission-driven like my previous career and that really brings the fulfillment I'm looking for. So really trying not to compromise uh, just to make a living doing this, which is John, kind of hard. John, does that sound like anybody you know? Mm-hmm. Who would that be? Go ahead. <laughs> be you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I'm interested to hear a little bit. No, well, you know, I made the I made the transition to full time uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and th this was going to be the kind of the kickoff of of uh, doing a lot of things this year, and of course that got put on hold. So it's it's like you, sir. It's I've spent a lot of time sort of reflecting and and really working on what are my core values and mission for what I want to do in this business as well. Yeah, it's, it's a big question, I think, because there are so many different paths. And I think based on my creative interests, it's really easy to compromise your values just because you want to work with a company or yeah. you want to work with this or this website that has a really big following. But that first conversation with the person like doesn't feel quite right. But I say yes, because it's a foot in the door. So I'm pretty much not doing any of that anymore because well, I feel what, like every what, time I've done it, it ends up not working the way I had hoped. Well, Sarah, let me tell you, you know, I, I'm a little, I'm a lot older than both of you guys. <laughs> And I've been around this business a long time. And, you know, we did some interviews. We talked prior to this recording with Michael, Michael Gordon and Guy Tal. And, of course, you know, your good friend, Cole Thompson and some other people. And one of the things that and I think you probably know this already, that I, I tell people that, you know, everybody wants to once they see what you and John and I and others do, they all want to do this. And I just tell them, 
if you get good at what you do, you get good, you become a really, really good photographer. You're going to be found. You, you know, you, yeah, you got to do some marketing and you got to understand the business end of things. But, you know, and, and I think that, Sarah, I'm not, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's what happened to you. You, you just got really, really good. And because of that, people are finding out who Sarah Marino is. It's, and it's uh, it's a it's a compliment, you know, and um, you know just just get good, you know, and people will find out uh, mm-hmm. find out who you that's, are. That's very kind of you to say. Um, I do feel like I've been toiling around photography though for I'm trying to think because my husband and I, so I'm married to a, a nature photographer named Ron Coscarosa, and he has a full time job. He's a software engineer for a remote a company that's remote so we both work mm-hmm. remote uh we spend part of our year living in our airstream trailer and then we spend part of our year living in our house in uh, southwestern colorado um, so we've created this really intentional life but one of the things that helped us do that was we started publishing photography ebooks in, in 2013 i think was the, f- the first ebook that we did so i've been on this slow gradual path and it's been really, I've, I've, I'd say that I found it to be really easy to do this part-time because then I could be really choosy about what I say yes to, how I spend my time, where I devote my resources. I think it's much harder to make that leap to full-time photography oh, yeah. where then the compromises, whether it's uh, working with people that you don't, you wouldn't naturally want to work with or doing things that don't really bring you a lot of joy, but they bring in the, the money. It's then it's i found that that it's a lot harder to I find, think you'll find out i think you find out a lot of us did that i mean you know when guy tal started out he was he was writing software he worked uh, as an it guy for a bank um and, and a lot of the people i knew they had they had jobs while they built this business up to the point that they could walk away and 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 make uh, some kind of an income out of this uh, mm-hmm. stuff so um, it's a good good plan, and having a business background is very important. I know a lot of I know a lot of artists who they're great artists, but they don't get the business end of things, and they have a little bit more difficult time, you know. So yeah, for sure. Well, cool. How how is uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you travel around in an airstream trailer, you're 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 uh, in pretty close quarters. I mean. Um, you know, I saw somewhere an article on working with your husband. Does that work? I figured where that was. I guess it it works for you guys well, correct? Yeah, we actually get a lot of questions about that, and it never occurred to me that it wouldn't work well, I think. So maybe I'm just lucky, but uh, so we we sold our house in Denver, and then we lived out of our trailer full-time for a year and a half. And during that time, there were some stresses related to moving and figuring out where we were going to live full time and some other things related to that. But I think that we both have very, very similar photography interests. Uh, so our time out photographing is usually frictionless. And then we have pretty similar values around things like money and how we spend our time and we can work independently, but then we can also work collaboratively. So I think we, our personalities are just well suited for living in close proximity to each other. Um, and I, I just, I guess I'm lucky, but I've, we just haven't felt that friction. Oh, that's awesome. 
That's really good. I mean, it's in especially because your husband has, you know, the similar uh, passion. I would assume for photography. I've seen a bunch of Ron's work and really admire his work as well. Um, it's it's wonderful that you found somebody to share this journey with. Yeah, especially yeah. since the types of things that we enjoy photographing are sometimes kind of strange. <laughs> like what we there's this uh, area out in Death Valley where. Uh, he Ron walked out there just because he thought it looked interesting on Google Earth, and then one day we realized it looked like there's some water out there. There had been flash flood type rainstorms in Death Valley, uh, which is a place where we spend a lot of time, and we so we have been exploring places that are new to us, getting off the beaten path. And this particular day, it's like it looks like there's a glimmer of water out there. So walk out about a mile and a half to a nowhere place on the map. And we ended up finding these beautiful ripples of mud and sand and uh, wet in various forms of wetness and dryness and cracks. And we ended up going out there every morning and every evening, I think, for four or five days. So that's the kind of thing where a lot of photographers would say, OK, I've had my 20 minutes of this mud situation. I think I'm good. <laughs> Whereas Ron and I can together just go and enjoy that kind of experience. Um, so it's, we're fortunate that we both find a lot of joy in those little mundane things that other people would be like, that's just mud. <laughs> like oh, what, what's awesome. so interesting about well, it? Well, I think that goes back a little bit. And what, what really triggered me when you were talking earlier is that meditative approach. And I tell you, you know, if you find anything that brings sort of a, a stillness and a meditative quality, it could be a patch of mud you know, a puddle, a leaf, it doesn't matter really what it is. But if you can get into that zone, that meditative zone, um, the experience can be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's what really helps elevate the experience of nature photography, because you can experience an epic sunset and feel the, the power of that and the intensity of and the, the awe that you feel when and just surrounded by an incredible storm or incredible light. But given how much we get out, like we know that that just doesn't happen that often unless you're really lucky or you're chasing the weather constantly. Mm -hmm. And we are kind of done with the weather chasing. So I feel like, like the, I think your conversation with Michael Gordon, you were talking about how one of the most important lessons to improving your experience with photography can be slowing down. And I think that that's one of the, the things that I've really found in my own work is just slowing down, seeing a lot more deeply, really figuring out what you connect with the most in the landscape, and then really spending time exploring those subjects. That, that that's how you can make photography a, a personally expressive experience versus just going out and documenting the most amazing moments in nature. Yeah. And I've found the former, I still do both, but I think the the experience of slowing down connecting really deeply with the landscape, meditating on certain subjects and really spending time with them, that that's where I feel like I'm living most fully through my is those little moments in nature. Yeah. It's a agreed. great attitude. Agreed. So Sarah, let's, let's talk a little bit more, dive a little deeper into your, um, your photography and your photographs. And one of the things that really has resonated with me about your work is, um, I'll, I'll quote one of your eBooks, but it's going beyond the grand landscape. It's uh, photographing the nature's smaller scenes. That seems to be something that you're extremely passionate about. 
Yeah, I would say that that's generally the core of what my work looks like and what my husband Ron's work looks looks like as well, because we wrote that ebook together. So the idea of, uh, I think of it as a continuum. That there's there are things to photograph along a full continuum from the most obvious to the least obvious. And there, there's joy to be found along that entire experience. So when I talk about my photography, I talk about it as being an expansive approach because I think a lot of the, the rules that come when you're a beginning nature photographer, you learn about all these rules, like that you should only photograph during the golden hour, that you need to have a foreground, midground, and background, uh, that wide angle landscapes are just generally more valued because they're more popular and they attract more attention colors should be bright and vibrant like that those are the kinds of values that i think you're introduced to if -hmm. you consult common sources for like those first sources of information yeah the five tips for the most epic landscape photographs ever seven tips (laughs) or 11 tips i i do have an ebook called 11 composition lessons but it's it's like 140 pages so it goes beyond just the basics um but the i think the idea that going beyond all of those rules can really help you have a much more fulfilling experience so in pursuing this idea of expansive photography for me that means that there's something to photograph in any landscape there's there's nothing such as good light or bad light. You just work with the light that is around you. That the the deeper you, or the more you develop your observational skills, the more opportunities you'll see in front of you. So that when we talk about that full continuum from the grandest of landscapes to the tiniest of subjects, if you have a more expansive view, you'll see a lot more opportunities. You'll find more subjects and you'll have things to photograph when conditions aren't ideal. So that in general, I think seeing beyond the grand landscape and seeing smaller scenes can really help a lot of nature photographers just have a much more fulfilling experience in nature because the conditions aren't as important. It's more, what are you connecting with? What are you observing that you find most interesting? What are the little details that help you tell a more in-depth story about a place? That all of those things can can come together uh, through the lens of either seeing beyond the grand landscape or a lens of expansive photography and just present a, a wider view of this pursuit that can bring different kinds of fulfillment than I think what you find in those five tips for epic landscapes. Amen yeah. to all of that. I, and I want to encourage our viewers to rewind the last three or four minutes and listen to what she said again and listen to it several times. Sarah, I've, I've not heard somebody say it so well. Um, and so concisely about uh, the continuum and, and observational qualities of, of the experience. And there's no good light or bad light. There's just different light for different compositions. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. like if you, you can pursue landscape photography or nature photography through the lens of color photography and black and white photography. And that opens up even more opportunities. So I think that we as a field too often talk about rules and limitations in a way that stifles creativity before people even understand how to use their camera. So I'm trying to reverse and say, like, let's forget all these rules. Let's think about what your motivations are and your motivations and your connections should drive what you photograph, not these arbitrary conventions that are helpful, but they shouldn't be... I just don't feel like they should have so much power over, especially beginner photographers. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a shame because, again, if you go back 
uh, a lot of the books, you know, and a lot of what pe- people have were exposed to is, you know, what you said before, you have to do this and you have to do this this way. And <clears throat> unfortunately, um, you know, I, I think you probably do it. I know that Michael and Guy and most of the people I know that run workshops, the first thing I tell people is two things, slow down. And that uh, the only rule I have is there are no rules. And if it works, then we'll we'll discuss it. And and that's so important. But you know, the state of mind and the state of your vision is much more important than having a concept of all these things that you know, kind of, if you're if you're old enough, have been ingrained for many years, it, it's counterproductive. Yeah, like I and I was just, I did a I've only taught twice during the pandemic and both of them were people that I know mm-hmm. and we had similar ideas around safety. Uh, so we I took two people out for small fall photography workshops, just like a half day kind of thing. And I was working with one of the women who we've been talking a lot about creativity and how she can find her personal voice and vision. And one of the things she said to me, which I think I've thought about, but I hadn't externalized it in the same way she's just like I really wish I had never learned all these rules because it's like the first thing she has to do is forget all these voices in her head before she can find her own voice Mm -hmm. yeah so it's I I feel like if we could just get away from calling things rules and saying that this is the best and that this is the way you should do it that newer photographers would be I think could explore their creativity earlier in their journey instead of like me where when I look at my earliest work, I see the seeds of like the beyond the ground landscape idea. Those were the things I photographed. And then uh, I started seeing the epic landscapes that got all of the attention online. And I took a couple of workshops with Mark Adamus and wanted to be like him because I feel like that, like that's the kind of work that gets, that was getting external validation at the time. And Mark had this, what seemed like this really exciting life. And then with further reflection, it's like, that's actually not what drives me. That's not what makes me excited. So then I have to reel myself back and create a a whole new set of practices and conventions for myself. And I just, while I learned a lot from Mark and I'm really glad that I went on his workshop, the first workshop I did with him because it was transformative. I just wish I hadn't been pulled down that path because I think I could have gotten to more personally expressive photography sooner but it's good that you did it because then you know what you really want to do. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Part, it's part of the journey. Exactly. You know, I, th- I think there's a fine line too with, with people that are embarking upon this new journey, new photographers, uh, you know, some people need some help, you know, they need some direction or some guidance. And that's where some of these, I hate to say it tips come in, but it helps give people some guidance but it's the severity and the and the strength with with which we promote these rules that that leads people down to be stuck in this uh, creative space that's not theirs. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like that, you need a place to start. I think some of the language, though, like the the best or because. Uh, or rules that the, this is how you should do yeah. nature photography. I think that's the part that I'm more resistant to rather yep. than a framework to start with. Yep. But that's a very good point. 
Yeah, and I, and I think one other thing to point out to to the listeners is that at no point are we ever talking about gear. You know, we're talking about connectivity with your photographic subject, and and that's why you know Jack and I don't talk about gear a whole lot. And sir, I know you don't either. I mean, it's really just a tool to to achieve our our creative visions. And and uh, you know, if we're if we're out and about, and we're so I see people all the time just obsessed with gear when they're out in the field instead of being and looking for that connection to a subject. Yeah, exactly. Like that, obviously gear is important and that it, it, better gear helps sometimes create better, just makes things easier or it 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 creates opportunities. Like I just, I switched to a mirrorless camera two years ago and it's, there are a couple of things that have really transformed my photography practice in a very positive way, but I could still with I could still take similar fo- photos with an iPhone. They just wouldn't be as technically precise. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's important, but it's just it's one of the many important things. That's that's yeah, I, my perspective. Yeah, I actually uh, have a presentation that I do that I have images that are probably wow, probably thirty years old that were done on slide film and uh, and iPhone images and. Um, early, you know, three or four megapixel cameras. And, you know, it's the good equipment just gives you the chance to make a good photograph. That's all it does. Yeah. Yeah, And if you have a gallery or your your goal is to have a gallery and you know you're going to be printing photos really, really large, then it makes sense to invest in a high megapixel, really high quality camera. If your goal is, if that's not your goal, or you have to go into debt to get a fancy camera, it's, you could be investing that time and money in other places that could be just as valuable or more valuable in your development as a photographer, creative photographer, especially. Yeah. 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 Well, at any rate, you know, it's, it, I, I think it's, it's a funny thing that, um, successful photographers like yourself, Sarah, all have kind of kind of almost the same attitude john would you agree that you Mm -hmm. know it's uh it this is more than just taking a photograph you know and and uh, i think it's a almost a universal thing for the people like yourself and michael and guy and other folks you know um that the image is almost secondary to the experience and if that's your attitude, I think your images are going to be um, different. And your images, Sarah, you know, again, a couple of things stand out to me about your work. Um, I, I, other than what we just talked about is I, I love the way you process your images. And we're not going to get into processing here at all. But, you know, your processing is not anywhere over the top it's just really really um subtle but beautiful and thank you and you know that's part of the part of the you know processing is part of the experience that we have to deal with these days and i often see a lot of you know in your face color and um what have you but your processing is uh, is really really good um did I see somewhere, Sarah, that you are not you've you're you're done with Facebook and some of the other social media 
situations or am I, um, am I wrong? Yeah, I have a very mixed relationship with social media. Uh, my husband has totally gotten off of every social media platform. So he no longer has any accounts. And so I think seeing him do that has encouraged me in that direction. And I had, I really hadn't intended to take a massive break from social media, but I ended up doing so because, um, as I mentioned, we have a, an RV and we had reservations for September for Yellowstone National Park and we hadn't done any travel until that point we decided we could do it safely by bringing lots of laundry all of our food really like we hiked 96 miles over 12 days so we really got off the beaten path um, but I didn't anticipate that there would be no internet access in Yellowstone or that it would be really sporadic so I, from that trip, I just got in the habit of no longer logging into Facebook and Instagram in particular. Um, I still looked at Twitter because I was obsessed with the election and some of the things related to what was happening there. Uh, but I wasn't posting my work proactively. And I think the idea of just like sometimes stepping away allows you to clear your mind and and see your own goals with more clarity. So I, for me, that's one of the major benefits of disengaging from social media. This goes back a lot to what Cole Thompson has to say about photographic celibacy. And uh, I'm about halfway through the episode that you did with him. So I'm not quite sure if you talked about, about this topic with him or not. But uh, I heard Cole speak at a photography club in Denver, right as I was getting started, like the first year, I think that I, w I had taken up photography more seriously. And he was talking about a lot of his practices. And the idea of really not looking at other people's work because it clouds his own vision. And that's something that resonated so much with me. So I don't do it to the degree that Cole does, where he really does not look at other people's photography to the greatest degree possible. I do it more of dipping in and out. So uh, I'll go through a phase of where I really want to be engaged and connected with people on social media. And then I'll go through a phase like what I've been doing for the last three or four months where I'm just really focused on thinking what I want my photography, what I want to communicate through my work, what I want my focus to be. Um, I've been struggling a lot with leaving the nonprofit field and feeling like I was doing very mission-driven, purposeful work and moving to photography, which feels like a more selfish pursuit. So really thinking about how I can infuse a conservation message in my work, how I can do things that feel more tangible, like printing physical books and that kind of thing versus just posting ephemeral images on social media that get a second of attention. Uh, so like the time away from Facebook and Instagram and um, Flickr and whatever other photo sharing platforms there are that I was currently or that I was using, it just, I think it allows me to hear my own voice more loudly and that that's a really important part of my photographic journey. Yeah, well, I, 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 I've been away from it myself, not for exactly those reasons, but um, I, I just, I, and I don't think, John, you know, John will pull some photos here and there, but neither, none of us, the three of us here today, I mean, are social media nuts. Um, no. One of the things I see all the time, and I, you know, have a, have a lot of people I know that, you know, they, they need that, uh, they need to be told how great their photographs are sometimes. And boy, that's, that's going to really inhibit your creativity if that's what you're doing. And, um, 
Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I have stepped away repeatedly is that once I start feeling myself like that external validation is changing my decisions about either what I'm photographing or what photos I'm sharing or how I'm presenting them, that that's a little bit of a warning sign that this isn't healthy. Yeah. 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 And so, just, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I want you to finish Not to interrupt, but John Sarah is so good at explaining things. She had to be running apart. She had to be, I, I had to quit and she had to take over my job here. And no, <laughs> I'm not a good interviewer at all. I can talk. I can talk about myself. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, no. you're very well spoken. I mean, you've, you've done, I can tell you've done a lot of thinking about this, sir, and the way you can concisely convey your thoughts around this endeavor. It's really cool. Well, thank you. It's, yeah. it's nice to hear that feedback because I have felt, I have, I do feel like I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and it's probably in the last year, two years where I've actually gotten clarity around some of these ideas. So it's nice to actually hear that what I'm I saying is making sense. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you that, that this time, this downtime that, that we've had, um, you know, through really no fault of our own, but it's forced, I think it's forced a lot of people to look at themselves um, you know, in the way you have, and I, I have, I know John has, and um, and kind of evaluate where we want to go. You know, uh, when when things get back to normal here, and I hope they do. But um, I, I think you know, I think rather than look at this as a a really bad negative time, I think it's really a good time to do some introspection and plan your plan your plan your future almost you know because once when you know you know what it's like Sarah when you're on the road you don't have a whole lot of time and at night you know you're tired and you know you don't have that time to sit and and and, and think and and uh, kind of do some evaluation you know yeah I, I think that point is really is, is a great one that and I think the experience I've seen polar opposites among my photography friends who do this full-time or heavily part-time is that it's either been like a gift where it's time it's been an opportunity to think about well are there different possibilities I hadn't think of or thought about like did I just fall into workshops because that's the model that supposedly works right now but could I actually create a different kind of life that maybe is a little bit more fulfilling or focused more on the things that I really love and that this time is actually the chance to spend the time thinking about what that would look like to test out some different ideas and then I think other people like the uncertainty has just been paralyzing and um, that if if you're feeling like you're in the uncertainty category that maybe reframing a little bit to say like this actually could be the opportunity to rethink how I'm how my business is organized like because we don't naturally have pauses built into our lives so this pause is actually a gift um, I've moved along that continuum because so I, I shut down my nonprofit consulting business in December I walked away from a long-term project that meant a lot to me and it was really hard to say goodbye to that um, I went full-time into nature photography in January my dad passed away on January 17th oh, and then sorry. my business disappeared 
disappeared. Like all the, everything that I had planned for 2020 fell apart in February and March. And I was at a pretty bad place of like, I made this huge mistake. I wish I had just been sticking with nonprofit consulting. And then it was like, actually, this is a chance to think about what I want this business to look like. And I can try some new things. Like I did a bunch of free webinars and the response was really positive. I put out another ebook on a different topic than I had ever written about before. So it's like I was able to test the waters in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had been teaching the workshop schedule that I had planned. So no. it's actually been a gift that it's been hard for sure. Like the lost income has been hard for sure. But right. um, I'm hoping that moving forward, it will actually help me create a business that I'll be happier with in the long term. Well, I could tell you, you know, you're... you're... Um, Yogi Berra once said, your future's ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think that you've got a, you've got a really, 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 really bright future in this business. And, and it's really good because the world, you know, people my age, we're going away, you know, and we need a new crop of, um, really competent instructors to, to, uh, to, to, to move into this, this, uh, this, thing and and um it makes me feel good that that there's people like uh like you and and uh and, and some of the other people i know out there that are gonna keep going and you know it's john will tell you it's just the perfect storm you know it's been yeah. it's it, everything just kind of you know i mean i i again you know i went through the 9-11 situation and it was very similar to this and it took a year and a half for the business to come back maybe two years yeah um and when we had the financial collapse back in uh mid 2007 to 08 you know that that changed a lot of things didn't last as long as 9-11 did but it 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 changed a lot of businesses it changed the stock business it changed the print business uh, um to a certain extent <clears throat> so you know we'll, we'll adapt you know and we'll be okay and it's all attitude. Well, it's, you it's know, I, I even wanted to give a point to 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 Sarah's comments for people that are not professionals that are that just do this as a hobby and haven't been able to get out as much as well themselves. That again, the same things apply. This is a great time if you're a, a hobbyist to stop and really reflect on on your work. What's important to you? How do you present your work? How do you how do you do what what you do as a hobby? Is there anything you want to change about it? You know, this is a gift. I, I totally agree with you, Sarah, that uh, it's a gift for everybody to sort of take a pause and reevaluate. Yeah, and, and that's a great point, Sean, because, I, and Sarah, I think you'll agree. I mean, I, I, I know I know some, quote, I, I don't even like the term professional. I don't, you know, I don't even know what that means. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I've got people that, that I've had on workshops and, and, and really good friends of mine, I can go down the list. I mean, they're taking as good a photograph as any of the, you know, well-known big name people that everybody knows. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that, you know, it could be, you know, school teachers or, 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 or homemakers or whatever they do. It doesn't matter. They're taking great, great photographs. It's, it's good, 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 good as anybody, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. But look at this time as a blessing. I think that's a great, a great takeaway for everybody. 
And I think that may be a maybe a blog entry I might write. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, Sarah, yeah. you you mentioned a little bit earlier. We, you know, we don't talk a lot about gear here, but you made the transition to mirrorless uh, a couple of years ago. What are you What are you shooting with these days? I use all Canon gear, so um, I'm using the, the R mirror the R mirrorless camera. Ron just got the R5, so it's it's kind of intense to buy two R5s at once. So <laughs> where he's he has dipped his toe in the mirrorless water since I already had my both feet heavily in, and he's really happy with that camera so far. Sarah, you, you want you you know what's more intense, Sarah? Sharing sharing the same camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have the exact same sets of gear, but we each have our own, which it wouldn't work otherwise because we, we get to a place together and then we totally go separate ways. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I really feel comfortable with the Canon mirrorless system and see at this point with the R5, especially like no reason to consider anything else. Yeah. I hear um, that's a great, great system that they've, they finally got their act together and they, and they're doing it right. Unlike some of the other, other, other people we will name, remain nameless. <laughs> I'm not a gear snob at all, and I have no. no issues with people loving their, like, if they're a Sony fan or a Fuji fan, whatever, but I definitely, I really like my Canon equipment, and I always have, like, through the, the phase of where Canon was, like, like, who uses, what landscape photographer isn't using Sony, or which, what landscaper, landscape photographer isn't using a D850, Nikon D850, mm -hmm. my Canon gear has always been perfectly fine, I used a 6D, which is like a mid-level camera for six yep. years and didn't feel like it limited me at all. So my mirrorless camera allows me to do some things like the touch screen on the back makes focus stacking a breeze. The viewfinder, the electronic viewfinder means, has really helped me minimize the technical mistakes that I make um, and be more precise with some things like focusing. So those things have made a big difference, but I was I still could take the same photos that... I was taking with my little mid-range SLR. And the glass is real good, too. Yes, the new 100-500 lens is fantastic. So yep. you, uh, the, with a 1.4 teleconverter, it's we can even photograph the mountains around our house from our deck. So yeah, <laughs> if the you could see over the snow, you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the other thing, too, is if you're doing a lot of hiking, it's got to cut down on the weight as well. It actually... It's still really, really heavy. The it's maybe a couple ounces of savings actually. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's one hard part. It's I keep on adding heavier things to my bag <laughs> rather than going in the opposite direction. Yeah, I have so, uh, one thing I tell people for their New Year's resolution: it's not to lose weight and not to do this, do that. But I always tell everybody every year you should buy a smaller camera bag. <laughs> my goal for this. This year was to get stronger so that I could carry more equipment on these longer hikes. And that I haven't regressed, but I certainly didn't meet that goal. Yeah. Well, if you worked with Mark at all, I guess he, he had you, he had you doing some hiking, I guess. Where did you go with Mark? Um, I did three workshops with him. The first was the Columbia River Gorge. And that was absolutely transformational because yep. um, at that time, I had never really been mm -hmm. around an adventurous person in my entire life. So He's adventurous. Yeah, so being around that totally transformed how I how I am in nature. So I, I take more uh, smart risks, but I'm like I'll, I'm willing to hike further. I'm willing to go off. I 
have the knowledge now to go off trail safely and just to do some things that I hadn't been doing before. Um, and then I did um, Death Valley and the Eastern Sierra and then um, the Southwest. So highlights of Arizona and Utah. Yep. Well, good. That's your I was the wee pup then. That was right at the beginning of my photography journey. So. Well, you know, John, we, I, I need to call Mark and get him on here. Yeah, you do. Uh, he's, uh, we go back again to the NPN days. And, yeah. Um, That's where I know. got to know about Mark was through NPN. But, you know, it's, it's a great thing to have uh, these people that you can, uh, you know, and we're going to get to what you have coming up. But I always tell people, I mean, theoretically, we love everybody to do every workshop they ever do with us. But. You know, that's not going to help anybody. They need to do, they need to take workshops and learn from a lot of people and then kind of put it into a big pot and figure out how they want to cook it, you know, and, uh, and, and develop your own style and, and learn, learn, learn from people, but, you know, develop your own, be your own person, you know? Yeah. For sure. So you're 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 using this um, the 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 Canon stuff and um, on these on these backpack trips. What what bag? What what camera bag are you using? Um, so we haven't been doing a lot of backpacking lately for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah. We have a kitty who uh -oh. is kind of high maintenance. Um, I just so... have a new puppy, so I I, can, I hear you. <laughs> so we do long long day hikes. Like we'll mm -hmm. do like 15 miles, mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. So uh, I have a backpacking backpack, which is from a, the Osprey company, which is yep. local to where I live, which is fantastic yep. for backpacking. And then for uh, my normal camera bag, I just switched from an F-stop bag to the Shimoda Explore 40. So, uh, and so far we did, I think the longest hike I've done with the Shimoda bag was 13 miles. And it was over pretty rocky terrain. It was a long canyon hike in uh, Zion National Park. And I was pretty impressed with it. It carries the weight really well. And I, I felt less exhausted from my camera bag at the end of the day yeah. than I had pre with my previous bag. Cool. Well, John, am I, uh, I think I, I, I'm pretty much covered everything I wanted to. Did you have anything left that you wanted to talk to Sarah about? No, I think I'm pretty good, sir. What... I think the only other thing I wanted to hear about is, yes, we're in this really weird time. Hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. Is there anything coming up in 2021 that you want to let uh, let our listeners know about? And how do they find you? Um, they find me. Currently, our website is naturephotoguides.com, which we can, when we first started this, we were doing location guides and and then realize that that's not a good fit for our business. So we're going to be rebranding in the new year, but naturephotoguides.com will still get you to my work regardless of when we do our rebranding. Um, and in terms of 2021, I think that I'm using the year to write, that that's my goal is to write about the things that I've wanted to write about for a really long time, but I haven't allowed the space to do it. So I have some ebook ideas in mind and then I think my big next goal is to take our Beyond the Grand Landscape ebook and turn it into a physical book that is expanded with all new photographs and all revised text. So uh, those are the two 
main things that I want to see for next year. I'd also like to continue teaching some webinars here and there because I really enjoyed that. And then I'm actually pulling back on in-person workshops. I think both the uncertainty for 2021, but I think one of the things that this year has taught me is that quality of life is so important and having a lot of really rigid dates and places on my calendar isn't necessarily what makes me happy. It actually stresses me out a lot. Um, so doing some selective in-person teaching, but kind of moving away from that and really trying to spend my time doing what I do best, which I think is writing um, and some online teaching. And then I have so many photos to process that I just haven't <laughs> ever gotten to. Yeah. So getting through my backlog. So well, those, are, those aren't necessarily things that your listeners <laughs> will have any interest in, but th those are kind of the things that, that I'd like to make some progress on. Yeah. In, well, I, I think, year. yeah, but I think that that's part of what people should know, you know, what, what, what goes on here is not being out every day making images. There's a lot more to it than, than uh, what meets the eye. Yep. I would say that most uh, non-business non oriented photographers probably spend just as much time or more time outside photographing than full-time, than people who do it as a full-time business. I, I once asked John Shaw many years ago. What, what's the difference between a, lack of a better word, a professional and a non-professional photographer? And his answer was a professional photographer spends more time in their office than in yeah. the field. Yeah, I think that yeah. that was probably a universal experience, yep. especially yep. if you're doing work. If you're teaching a lot of workshops, it just takes so much time to organize all of that. Or like me, if you're writing but we've never published a physical book, but eBooks and it like to pull together all the writing, all the photos, all the design, do the copy editing, do the marketing. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually have a person who, what's today, the 21st. So I've got 10 more days before she retires, who has made me look real good over the years and um, has, you know, done a lot of my marketing and a lot of my, social media because i've been gone and it has to you know clients need to know what's going on when i'm in the field and i don't have time to do it and it, you know and i'm truthfully i i'm cutting back myself sarah i used to do 20 some odd workshops a year and if everything was perfect these days i'm doing more no more than about six or seven and uh, and uh, you know half of them are with john uh who's 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 just doing a great job and, and the other three or four with Bill Forty. And other than that, I'm done. I, I just upgraded my audio equipment. I, yeah. I, I listened to a lot of music and I have a new puppy <laughs> and I got to see things this fall. I never got to see because I was always away. So I think we're all in the same boat. Well, anyhow, it was just so good to have you. And again, folks, if you've heard this, John, maybe you can, in the show notes, go back to the minute or two minutes of what Sarah said that were just so amazing. Uh, and again, I, I haven't heard anybody really explain it like that in in a long time for you listeners to just listen to what she said because she nailed it. Yep. Yep. And so, it will be show notes. Yeah, and, uh, there will be show notes and a link to uh, naturephotoguides.com. And I encourage everybody to go out and visit that and look at Sarah's images, look at Ron's images. They've got a great blog, um, 
Lots of different articles, great mm -hmm. educational opportunities, newsletters. Take time at home, folks, to read her ebooks. Yeah. Just read them. You know, yeah. and, and it's a great time to absorb that and, you know, go out in your in your own locale and practice what you what you learn. Yeah, Beyond the Ground Landscape is pretty much the perfect pandemic photography lesson. <laughs> it yeah. is. It yeah. is. Yeah. It well, is. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it was so great to talk with both of you and connect over our shared interest. And um, you guys asked some great questions, and I really enjoyed this conversation. So it was great to get to know both of you better. Thank you. You know, I have one idea, John, and you and I haven't discussed this, but uh -oh. uh, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, in a in a in a month or two, um, we can get Guy and Michael and Sarah and Cole and just some of our. You know, some of because all these folks have the same mindset, and maybe it would be cool to get them on and you and I shut up and just let them talk, talk, yep, talk about and, the seven tips. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We each have to come with the the three most important rules that you must follow to be a good yeah. landscape photographer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seven tips to fall photography. Tip one, <laughs> photograph during the fall. Yeah, yeah, anyway, that's a great I, idea. Let's, let's talk about that idea. I think it'd be a great idea. So I think it would. If if we can, if Sarah would be willing to come back. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, you have your to... first of however many confirmed. <laughs> well, it'd be, again, it'd be an honor. Sarah, it's so good to have you here. And uh, and we'll we'll get you back and we'll keep in touch. And thank you all uh, for being here with We Talk Photo. You can communicate with us at wetalkphoto at gmail.com for comments or ideas on anybody you'd like us to try to get on. Um, you can find us on all your favorite podcast uh, uh, places, uh, subscribe, whatever. And, um, and thank you all for being here. And from that, as I look out at the deluge outside, I'll say, see you later. All right, folks. See you later. <laughs>